This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym most nerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's those nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to Friday Rush Hour. If you want to be part of our program today... 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. On tap, of course, yes, we will talk about the Bidens. It is apparent to anyone that follows the news at least where the news is available, that the Biden family has been engaged in criminal, in the potential criminal activity. It doesn't look good. You heard Rudy, if those of you here for Rudy, and I hope it's every one of you, talk about what the information has revealed from Burisma executives. They thought that Hunter Biden was stupid, but they felt they had to keep paying him in order to continue receiving political protection from his father. That is what a confidential FBI source reported to the Bureau back in 2020. The unverified allegations were captured on an FBI form that has been the source of fierce debate in Washington in recent months. Republicans released the four-page document yesterday. The source, whose identity was redacted, said Burisma officials acknowledged that they hired Hunter Biden to protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. My first question is, was... Hunter Biden, a registered foreign agent. He's acting on behalf of foreign countries. Was he registered? The source said that one of the Burisna figures had 17 recordings involving the Bidens. Two included President Biden himself. Now, that is bombshell stuff. If recordings exist, if, and I'm being skeptical, 
if recordings exist, well, do they still exist? And what would those recordings reveal? There was a big story in one of the news outlets, I believe it was Daily Mail, that there has been cooperation of some of the information that has been released over this past week. There were other stories noting that the Biden administration's tone has shifted where Joe Biden and the White House used to say, well, no, he doesn't know anything about his business dealings. Now the tone has changed to he never worked with his son. Republican Representative Byron Donalds of Florida blasted the Department of Justice on Friday. That's today. He claimed that the DOJ is obstructing justice in the Hunter Biden probe. The FBI should have been looking into this long ago. And what we now have seen, if you go down the Durham report, what Mr. Ziegler and what Mr. Shapley testified to in the Oversight Committee yesterday and in front of the Ways and Means Committee a few weeks ago, the fact that the Oversight Committee's investigation into the money flow from China, the Ukraine, from Romania, there are other countries that are coming forward, that our House investigation eerily matches what the IRS internal International Tax Fraud Department was investigating. And all of this is matching up. That's what he told Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer on America's Newsroom, the uh, Fox broadcast. And, of course, I've been saying that the Department of Justice has had the appearance of corruption for quite some time. You and I know it. The question is, what will it take to move this forward? Here's that story that I referred to earlier, ladies and gentlemen. It is from the Daily Mail exclusive. Trusted informants claim that Joe and Hunter Biden were bribed with $10 million by a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch is corroborated by the FBI. The FBI corroborated parts of a trusted informant story that a Ukrainian oligarch bribed Joe Biden and his son Hunter with $10 million. A source close to the investigation has revealed to DailyMail.com. So Daily Mail says they have a source in the FBI that has corroborated. Parts of the informant story. Which was first unearthed, by the way, by the Pittsburgh FBI office. An insider spoke to the DailyMail.com, revealing how agents stood up with some details of the informant story. And they share new details of how the allegations of the shocking bribery scheme 
were first uncovered. The source said, well, let's go here. The criminal investigation into Hunter Biden began with the IRS and with the FBI back in 2018. In January 2020, then-Attorney General Bill Barr divided duties among his prosecutors. He gave the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss the lead role. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? This is going down the pathway, and then Bill Barr says, you know what, let me give some of this case over to Delaware, where Joe Biden lives, where the Bidens are, their headquarters. Let me give it to a Delaware U.S. attorney. And that is the moment where you can begin to see everything being stalled. Meanwhile, Bob Bilbar gave Pittsburgh U.S.-based attorney for the Western District of PA, Scott Brady, the job of vetting and investigation allegations of the Biden's international corruption and illegal foreign lobbying, among other potential crimes. The source said their colleagues were digging through FBI records at the request of Brady's office and found a 2017 interview by a West Coast-based agent of a confidential source mentioned Hunter and the allegedly corrupt Ukrainian gas firm he worked for, Burisma. This was a confidential human source, had a long relationship with the FBI, had given information that was used in multiple other investigations unrelated to Burisma or the Bidens. That started a fight that went on for a month to get the handler to re-interview the informant. When they did, the results were shocking. We got that report back, and we were like, holy smokes, this is something. That report detailed claims that the trusted FBI informant, that the Burisma owner, Mykola, Jolachevsky told them about the payments of $5 million each to Hunter and Joe Biden to help kill a Ukrainian criminal investigation into him and to get favorable treatment into the company. And this story goes on. I don't want to make your eyes glaze over with details because The details, while important, are not as important as the big picture here. What is that big picture? My friends, appearances indicate that it was not only Ukraine, not only Romania, not only China, that somehow or another, Various people from various countries were in the know. What was the know? The know was that if you had a problem, the know was go to Joe. And how do you get to Joe? You get to Joe from his son. 
If you had a problem and you needed a solution, you needed some protection that the U.S. government could give you, you go to Joe through his son. And in exchange, you would reward them handsomely with money. Then Joe Biden would show up in your country as vice president of the United States and deliver results. That is what the allegations are. The fact that the FBI has now let this matter drift into 2023 without investigating it further speaks for itself. There is no other explanation except they did not want the information to come out. They wanted to cover it up. The fact that all of this is supposed to be made to go away with a misdemeanor deal that violates the DOJ's own standards. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, Hunter, that thing, we cleared it up. It's no big deal. The fact that all of this is supposed to be just washed away with a sweetheart deal that violates the DOJ's own standards for how deals are conducted should tell you that the DOJ cannot be trusted to manage this case. And they should have never been trusted to manage this case. The fact that the mainstream media in this country, and I am specifically saying the New York Times, the Washington Post, ABC, CBS, NBC, and other big media outlets like the Los Angeles Times, Chicago Tribune, Atlanta Urinal and Constipation, that's what the Rush used to call the AJC. The fact that major media companies refuse to devote the same energy into looking into this story as they did in trying to come up with fake news about Donald Trump and alleged collusion with Russia should tell you that what we're witnessing is not journalism. What we're looking at are media companies that subordinate the interest of their readers and their viewers in order to gain a political outcome that people in those companies want, which is to keep Joe Biden politically viable. It is hopeless to think that the media in this company can be a self-healing industry. They will not be a self-healing industry. We are way past that point. Journalism, in terms of mainstream journalism, is dead in America for the time being. I don't know whether it will ever recover without some massive soul-searching. And the thing that should happen is the heads of all of these so-called news operations should step forward and tell the American people why their news organizations failed to investigate and then report fully and openly and forcefully on matters 
involving the now sitting president of the United States of America. It is not a just a two-tiered system of justice that we are looking at. It is a two-tiered system of media coverage. American journalism as we knew it, or as we once believed it to be, something that at least had a degree of fairness, a degree of fairness, is dead. It does not exist. There are all kinds of people who want to suppress news stories for reasons. They don't like what's in the news that day. They want to keep their own viability going. Supposed media companies are supposed to be immune from that. They're supposed to print the news that's fit to print. Remember that? They're supposed to be concerned that democracy would die in darkness. Well, journalism has died in broad daylight. at many of these organizations. Telephone number 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. It's our Friday rush hour. Now, feel free to talk about any of this with Joe Biden, with Hunter Biden. There are other things in the news, and there are a lot of other things in the news, and I want to get to some of those other stories, hopefully not like I did yesterday. I ran past a break and didn't even know it. I was so focused on trying to get all this news, and there are so many other news stories out here that are important to this great nation and to you. We're coming back. Do not go away. Before we go, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Rest in peace, Tony Bennett. God bless you, Tony Bennett. What an amazing career. What an amazing performer. What an amazing man. We celebrate his life today here on WABC. My clothes may still be torn and tattered. But in my heart, I'd be a king. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nineteen seventy three, Jim Croce starts a two week run at number one. With this one. Bad Bad, Leroy Brown on WABC Talk Radio 77, and we will be celebrating the life of Tony Bennett and his great contributions to the American Songbook. All weekend long, I imagine, here on WABC. I remember listening to Tony Bennett as a little boy and just, you know, everybody loved Tony Bennett. 
Tony, everybody loved Tony Bennett. He was just, he's just, you know, he's. And what a career. Seven decades. Can you imagine seven decades of success in the music business? It's just an amazing life. Jim Croce, of course, is one of my favorite folk um, folk rock artists of all time. Still is. He's a writer, composer. What a guy. So we love him, too, on WABC. I want to get to some of the other news, as promised, and remind you that tomorrow morning, bright and early, this Saturday morning radio extravaganza will be here at 7 a.m. I'll be here and hope you are, too. Have that first cup of morning coffee or the first three or four cups of morning coffee with us here on WABC. Joe Biden's Department of Justice is now taking legal action against Texas. What has Texas done now? Well, Governor Abbott has put across a floating border barrier across parts of the southern border to deter illegal immigrants from pouring into his state. The DOJ doesn't like that. They sent him a letter yesterday saying that he has violated federal law. The state of Texas' actions violate federal law. These humanitarian concerns, they present serious risk to public safety and the environment. Really? Putting some floating barriers in the water, according to the DOJ, risks public safety, and it risk, presents risk for the environment. It may interfere with federal government's ability to carry out its official duties. Really? I thought one of its official duties was actually getting immigration and and patrolling and keeping our borders safe, but that's not the way the DOJ sees it at all. Now, here's what you should know about this. If this ends up in a courtroom, they will probably win. Governor Abbott is desperate. New York City is desperate. Mayor Adams has said, look, there's no more room. We're full. We can't house anymore. But none of that is serving as a deterrent. The only thing that would solve as a deterrent is the FBI doing their job. Not the FBI, I'm sorry, the DOJ and the immigration, this administration doing their job to secure the borders. Think about this. New York City has 90,000 new immigrants, 90,000. And what they're saying is, we can't take any more. We don't have the resources to do it. How do you say that compared to a state like Texas, which has seen literally millions of people flow through that state? How do you say that when California has been flooded, but they welcome with open arms in California, despite the conditions in cities like San Francisco where Tony Bennett left his heart. But yet New York City says, hey, we 90,000, that's our limit. We can't do anymore. Well, how about all the smaller towns and cities across the United States that have no more resources, that have been out of resources for years? Because of this abrogation of responsibility 
from the Biden administration. This has been a very purposeful dereliction of duty. And Ad- Abbott down in Texas has reacted with frustration. The question, I guess, many people in Texas, why didn't the federal government do what Abbott did and try to put a stop to this, a clear violation of American law? Other news. Amazon is launching a new pay-by-palm scan technology. You shop at Whole Foods, here's what you do. They have this device, you can put your palm on it. They capture your palm print. And then your food and whatever else you bought at Amazon is paid for. Isn't technology wonderful? We can do this to go buy food, but we can't do it to make sure a vote is secured in America. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. It's Friday. We're coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Your call is going to be part of today's program. We do have some more news to get to. 1967, Hendrix Experience. The Jimi Hendrix Experience played the first of three nights at the Cafe Agogo in New York City. The Cafe Agogo. Wonder how many of you went to the Cafe Agogo back in the day. James Golden, Snurley here with you. It's Friday. Coming back right after this. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nineteen sixty nine, the Beatles, WA Beatles C. They started work on this. This one from John Lennon's pen. Recorded at Abbey Road Studios in London. Yes indeed. James Golden Sterling with you here on WABC. Let's get to some of the other news stories, and then I want to definitely get to uh, to your calls, and I want to get to as many calls as we can. Oh, by the way, um, I had, you know those social media things that flood your email box from Facebook telling you whose birthday it is? I got one today that said it was Rhonda Schrock's birthday, and Rhonda didn't say anything about this being her birthday. So I'm like, is this is this real? If it is, Rhonda, happy birthday, darling. And Rhonda, America's small caffeinated mom, usually joins us on Saturdays on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza for an essay. And that being the case, we'll ask her tomorrow. And Nick, okay, I have a task for you. I realize you're 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 doing like multitasking stuff in there, but I have a task for you that's a very important task, Nick. And if you fail me on this task, there's going to be heck to pay. Okay. A Metallica T-shirt? Are you wearing a Metallica T-shirt today? I am. Ah, little Metallica in the house. Loving it. All right. Uh, Here's your task, Nick. 
You cannot let me get out of tomorrow's morning show without doing a special birthday greeting to Nursey Nurse. Okay? I sometimes get overwhelmed and I'm like, I was supposed to do that. You cannot let me forget. Tomorrow, we have to wish Nursey Nurse a very happy birthday, too. You got it. I will remind you. Thank you. The Chino Valley, California School Board has approved the policy. This is called a, folks, this is called a controversial policy. And it went down with a principal being asked to leave the school board meeting. Here's what happened out in Chino Valley in California. A heated meeting, heated, in favor of a controversial policy. What, what, what's so controversial? They required schools to notify the parents of children if their children identifies as a transgender or wants to use a different bathroom. Oh, yeah, do, do, yeah. notify the parents what's going on here with their child. This is said to be the stuff of controversy now. Now, granted, it is the parents that end up having to do what? Pay for these children's education? Not just through taxes, but, I mean, who's responsible for the child? The parent. But yet it's controversial now in America to tell a parent if a child is doing something in school that could be a life-changing thing. The parent should not be notified. According to a healthy group of citizenry, but the folks in Chino Valley said, oh, no, 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 the school board, no, 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 we're going to tell the parents. And that is now said to be controversial. Another story, this one's in the Daily Mail today, and I'm going to tell you something. This is really, really a story that deserves to be read by as many people as possible. A young man known only as Kobe has revealed how he bitterly regrets going through Castration. I'm sorry, this is a big graphic, and I am not doing this story for sensationalistic value. I'm doing it because this is what Democrats and liberals and activists around the country are demanding happen, in some cases without parental knowledge, to children. The young man who formerly identified as a trans woman after being castrated by his doctors, is now issuing a warning for others not to follow in his footsteps. The young man, known only as Kobe, has revealed how bitterly regret he regrets his decision to transition. He was told, he says, to play the suicide card by older trans people in order to get treatment. He started puberty blockers at age 13, had his testicles removed at 19. He says he now suffers from severe spinal pain he fears could be osteoporosis because puberty blockers have been linked to bone injuries. Have you heard that before? Well, I've heard it before because the same drug 
used for these puberty blockers was intended to be used for cancer. And one of the things that they test you for afterwards is osteoporosis because the drug is known to cause bones to become less dense. Kobe says he wishes he had not been indoctrinated, that's his word, to gender ideology. He said, I was always an effeminate boy. I was very feminine growing up. I liked Barbies. I liked pink. At age 11, he told his parents he was transgender. They rebuffed it. If I were never indoctrinated, I think I would have just stayed an effeminate boy. I saw it as a way out of my homosexuality. He has regrets. And he said, for a while he thought it was great. Then everything started to crack, and he couldn't ignore the complications. He says, I couldn't ignore that I mutilated myself pretty much with the permission of a psychiatrist. It's insane now. Looking back. It's just self-harm. He also developed an eating disorder from taking the hormonal drugs. He has impaired cognition now. And he's going on to talk about how that he's ta- now that he's taking testosterone again, he feels alive again. He feels great, but he's still living with the effects of having been castrated and not having his development as a boy, as a young man, moving ahead. We're going to take your telephones. 800-848-WABC. I want to go to the break a little bit early so we have as much time as possible to spend with you on the phones. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurvy, it is Friday. Our Friday rush hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Birthday today for Cat Stevens. Born in 1948. Your call's coming up. Don't go away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rush Hour with those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Remember tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., your Saturday morning radio extravaganza begins.
Hope you're here for it. Time to head to the telephones as George Benson brings us in on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's start with who a guy who is becoming one of my favorite callers ever, Adam from Mineola. Hi, Adam. Welcome. How are you? How you doing, sir? I'm so glad I'm one of your favorite callers. I really appreciate you know why? that. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm getting up tomorrow to catch you again. Um, Thank you. you. Can I tell you why you're one of my favorite callers? I know that you disagree with a lot of things that I say. But you are never rude. You always ask your questions, and your questions are reasonable questions. They're reasonable questions. Or when you state your position, you state it in a way that's reasonable without any vitriol or without everything. And I love speaking with people who disagree with me on things. And so I really appreciate you, and thank you, Adam. I appreciate you very much. (laughs) Okay, sir, I want to say this. You know, you're talking about uh, Biden and all this, Burisma and all this stuff. That stuff went down while Trump was president, and he didn't do a damn thing about it. I wonder why, sir. All right, let me correct you on this. It didn't go down when Trump was president. It went down when Joe Biden was vice president and Obama was the president. That's when this happened. That's the time frame. Now, here's what else. It was Trump's DOJ, Bill Barr, that started investigating it. And of course, we know what happened in the elections and then that, and then the, but the FBI's been sitting on this ever since. We're now at the end of Joe Biden's term almost, first term. And so the stuff is still being investigated. So your timeline is, is wrong there, Adam. But let me ask you a question of this. Look, do you concede that it's it just is not a good look when you have country after country saying, or, or people from those countries alleging that they paid millions of dollars to then Vice President Biden's son. And that somehow, and some of these executives like Ad Barisma are saying, and some of it's for his dad. Would you admit that there's a problem there, Adam? Sir, bring the proof to the courts and see what happens. That's just hearsay, sir. I understand, and I agree. Guess what? It's not hearsay, but there isn't – let me put it like this. This goes beyond hearsay. There has been some corroboration, but it belongs in a courtroom. And that, Adam, we both agree. See, there is agreement. You and I both agree this belongs in a courtroom. It, and we need to know the truth. And that's all I'm looking for, the truth, one way or another. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that. Let's go to Ira in Long Island. How are you, Ira? Welcome you on WABC Boston Early's Rush Hour. Thank you, Bo. Um, I saw a Drudge a Drudge poll this uh, morning saying that that Biden is ahead by seven points over Trump, and it just this is like the the left wing jur- mainstream media is 
covering up the greatest presidential scandal bigger than Watergate. And 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 people are in their own echo chamber. Conservatives are only listening to Fox and 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 they have fewer outlets, Fox and Newsmax and WABC and and websites and stuff like that. But the main media has got three networks, CB, um, MSNBC. And so we have to do that. We have to be organized like like the lefties do. We have to have our own media matters that monitors them. This is misinformation. They accuse us of this. Well, we do. We do. And the media research center, Bent Brozell's group, has been doing that for years. The problem is you don't hear about them because their stuff doesn't get picked up by these very mainstream reporters that you're talking about. But see, one of the things that I do, for instance, on my Twitter account, I post news from everywhere, from the right, from the left, from the center, from everywhere, so people can see what is in the news. Now, some people object to that because they don't want to see what's in the news. And I try not to, you know, I, and I, but, but we have to get beyond this two-tier media system because there are some news stories like this Joe Biden story that should be reported on by the left with the same kind of aggressiveness that they were posting from news stories about Russian disinformation, which turns out to be a hoax. So these are the kind of things that hopefully will be the outgrowth of some of this. But as I said earlier today, as far as the eye can see in America right now, mainstream Mainstream journalism is dead. The left will simply not report on things that can hurt Joe Biden. This is political. It has nothing to do with standards of journalism, not in the least. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. How are you, Judith? Hi, thank you. I want to pivot to this indictment they want to do for President Trump on the January 6th thing, which I can't quite understand because, but I don't want, I want to point something out, um, James. Um, people know about the fact that he said, uh, part, uh, march uh, peacefully, patriotically, and let your voices be heard. But there's another thing that no one seems to say, and I think it's important to add, uh, James, that he said, um, like a couple days before, he told Nancy Pelosi to please uh, take 10,000 National Guardsmen because he felt that he heard that there might be some sort of um, something going on to, 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 to be able to, you know, to, um, to make sure that doesn't, nothing happens, you know, nothing bad happens, whatever. So to me, that looks like, you know, how could that be an insurrection on his part? How could that be a coup on his part? It just makes no sense. And no one's talking well, about here's, that. Okay, you know, no one is talking about that yet, because as you mentioned, the case is yet to be presented. We are told that it's going to come and that Jack Smith is working on. We were also told that Jack Smith is going to go back and find a law that was implemented during the Civil Civil War time to try to uh, take Trump down with this. And we will have to see. And we'll, this is the job for his lawyers, to actually raise the defense. So far, Donald Trump is facing over 70 different charges when you add up all of the combined legal actions. And that is before Georgia. There's another... There is another story today about how Georgia is going to try to use a racketeering case to not just ensnare Donald Trump, but to ensnare many of those working with him. So we are still seeing this unfold. It is going to be a dramatic 
August if indeed Georgia does produce the kind of grand jury result that people are anticipating. And we're just going to have to stay there every step of the way. But you raise great points, as you always do. I heard you with Rudy Giuliani the other day, by the way, uh, Judith, and you were absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Hey, James, he and likes Mar- the RICO, RICO Act. He likes that, too. He likes the fact that you added in the RICO Act, which I do, too. I just want to get the Bidens. I think the media, like the way you, I loved your opening because the media is completely suppressing. We won't get anywhere. Even Congress only has a certain amount of power. They cannot penalize these Biden uh, crime families. So I really think that between the civil fraud case and the IRS getting back and monitored, monitored by Congress and everyone, it would be a good idea. Because and the RICO Act, just get them. We've got to we've got to get them because the media is not going to report anything. And I really want them to be I want them to be penalized. And I think that now here's, here's what I want to do, Judith. And I hear what you're saying and I understand why I don't use the, t- the frame that we need to get them. What we need to get is the truth. We need to get at the truth and let the chips fall where they may. That's justice. Let's get the truth. And then let the American judicial system operate within the truth to bring justice to this situation. Thank you. I so appreciate you. I want to see if we have very uh, quick uh, time to go with Char in Long Island. Char, you're on WABC. How are you? Great, Bo. And it's what an honor to talk with you. I want to change the subject for a minute and take us all to a happier place. And it's about Tony Bennett. And it's an incredible memory that I have that I can share with all of you, spending a few minutes with that man. Just do it it quickly, because time is fleeing. So go uh, ahead. Well, there was uh, having dinner in the Sea Grill. It was my best friend's birthday. She went to the ladies' room. Our daughters went over to him, who was sitting at a table nearby, and told him that this woman, it was her birthday. And when she came back to the table, he came over to the table, and in front of the entire restaurant, he sang her happy birthday. And it was a shock to everyone. And it was amazing. And uh, she was a, an incredible woman. She had uh, lost her husband eight years before. So it was bittersweet. And this was the most incredible surprise. And I just, I'll never forget him for his generosity and his incredible, incredible talent. Thank you, Bo. You told a beautiful story about Tony Bennett that I think everyone listening will cherish, and we thank you. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your family and your loved ones. I have gratitude and love for having the opportunity to be with you. God willing, here tomorrow at 7 a.m. for Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I hope you are too. And we'll see you then. Bye.